Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father, through His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Word of God that calls for our attention this morning comes to us from the epistle reading to the Ephesians, particularly verses 19 through 21, where Paul writes, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. So far our text. One of the comments I received last week for the sermon was, it was very law-heavy. Not a whole lot of gospel in it. And yes, sometimes there are those readings where there is not a whole lot other than what needs to be said. Like in God leveling the plumb line right in the middle. On the other hand, God has a great way of then making the next week full of text that have almost no law in them at all. And so we get a whole lot of gospel this week. So those of you, thank you for coming back. I do see you here. I'm not mentioning any names. But now you get the other side of it. Which is why we stress coming to church often. So you don't just get one side of it sometimes. Because what does Paul say here? You are no longer strangers and aliens. Because you were at one time separated from Christ. You were an alien people. Strangers to God's heart of love. For most of you, that was just for a very short time, a long, long time ago in comparison. For others, it was later in life and not quite so long ago. That you were, at one time, strangers to the covenant of God. Not a member of the household of God and not a citizen of heaven. That was one of the things I do have to say I had to get used to with becoming Lutheran. It's coming from the non-denominational background. Half the hymnal is all of songs about heaven. I think I've got all of them except for Jerusalem, my happy home, in the service today. Not quite half the hymnal. But it's that great joy that we have of being citizens of heaven, even though we live here. Even though we spend our, however long it is, from a few minutes to a century or more on this planet. And we think, okay, this is home. But we know, having been called to the font, that this is not our home. And as we just got finished singing, we are strangers here. Because heaven is our true home. And that is why we can stand for many of the things that have happened throughout the centuries and throughout all of human history. All of the bad that is in the world. Because we know that one day... This world ends, but we don't. Jesus reminds Mary and Martha at the graveside of their brother, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, 
even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. I mean, how can he say that? One of his best friends has been laid in the grave for four days. Because he knows that this life isn't all there is. That this life isn't even the main event of our lives. It's just the undercard. It's the preparation for the big day. And God tells even Jeremiah the wonderful news of that great day coming. He has some strong words at the beginning of chapter 23. But then he says, I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them. That they're scattered all over the place. But I will bring them all back. And as Jesus also says in John's Gospel, that He will bring all the sheep out of all of the folds so that there will be one shepherd, one flock, one in all of us. But He he says something interesting to Jeremiah as well. Not just that He will gather the remnant, but He is the one who scattered them. Because it was in the scattering that they could find peace. Because they had no peace. And then as Jeremiah is prophesying these words, Jerusalem is about ready to be destroyed. I mean, he literally sees Jerusalem destroyed with his own eyes. Israel had been destroyed for over a century. But he says both Judah and Israel will be gathered back together again. Because, as we sang to begin the service, just like the Israelites, He brought you home in mercy to be citizens of heaven above. Yes, when He sent Moses into Egypt and told the Israelites about the promised land, yes, there is a little bit of geographical land that we can point to on the map that He was talking about for the moment. But that was just the moment. That was the shadow of what he was really talking about. Of calling them to be citizens of heaven and to be members of his household. Not only starting off the commandments with the promise that I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the house of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, but also showing himself to be their father. Showing them that they truly are His children. And unfortunately, children rebel at times and don't do as they have been taught. Do we just throw them to the wolves and say, okay, do whatever? No. We sit there and try to correct them. Try to give them that push to get back in the right direction. And that's what God does all through the Old Testament. It's what God has done all through history, is give His people pushes in the right direction. So what does Paul mean when he says that we are fellow citizens? What does your citizenship in heaven mean for you? Because, oh yeah, great, you know, on the last day when Jesus raises all the dead... And we get to go and walk through the pearly gates. 
Well, that's all great and good. What does that got to do for me now? Because Monday is coming. And we all love Mondays, right? What does citizenship mean? Paul says they shall be fruitful and multiply. The very first commandment given to all the animals, and then also to Adam and Eve, was to be fruitful and multiply. Because God doesn't want to have just a handful of people. He wants to have everyone to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. He wants everyone to be able to say, like we did in the psalm, my cup overflows because of God's grace and mercy. He wants us to see, like the 5,000 in the desolate place, that they all ate and were satisfied by five loaves and two fish. He also says they will fear no more, nor be dismayed. Going back to Psalm 23 again. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He gives you peace wherever. And it can be in a war zone. But even David, the man of war, who led the Israelite troops in and out of battle for decades, can say even in those times, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Pastures full of life. Because it is God who gives us life. It is God who brings that life to us through His Son who says, I am the resurrection and the life. Through the Son who makes us members of God's household. Not just servants, but sons and daughters with full rights of inheritance. As he, as he finishes up our Old Testament reading this morning, God says, I will raise up for David a righteous branch. A branch out of David's family tree, even in the midst of the hardest times, that will bring about peace and mercy and grace, and righteousness. Because His name will be, The Lord is my righteousness. And so Paul says, You are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. We've heard recently, We are God's house of living stones, built for His own habitation. We'll sing it again during communion. Built up together. Because yes, one stone is great. It can provide a little bit of shelter. But the house of stones, the walls being built up to shelter those who are inside. That is what God promises. That is what God gives us as citizens of heaven and members of his household. Safety, protection, peace. Even when all the world is raging around us, that he gives us peace. Not because 
we say okay to the world and whatever they want to do, but because He has created peace in our hearts. He has created peace by crucifying the old man in us and having a new man rise daily as we remember our baptisms, as Luther writes in his catechism. That in the place of the saint and sinner struggle that we deal with on a daily basis, he brings the peace that the saint will win out. Because it is the saint who is following after the righteous branch. It is the saint who is seeking refuge in the Lord as God. It is the saint who puts him or herself as one of the stones in the wall, providing shelter for their brothers and sisters in the midst of the storms. Because they know that they're built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And they know that the cornerstone that they are laid on is Jesus Himself, who says, I am the resurrection and the life. Who says, you are no longer strangers, but you are fellow citizens of heaven. Children of His heavenly Father and brothers and sisters in Him. Amen.